Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Oganaki, Digital Director of Harper's Bazaar. And I'm her sister, veteran journalist, Lola Oganaike. And this is Well Suited, our fashion podcast that takes a fun and freewheeling deep dive into the minds of the most stylish people on the planet. We're talking about their fondest fashion memories, their personal style, and how they dress for life's most important moments. We're also chatting about their remarkable careers and their lives on the grand cultural stage. And today on the podcast, we're speaking with Elsa Majimbo. Elsa, we're so excited to have you here. This Kenya-based, hi. I still got to big you up, girl. So this Kenya-based social media phenom has kept us laughing through a ridiculously tough year. And her Instagram videos and pithy declarations have not only gone viral, but they've made this girl one of the most quoted women in the world. And her signature sunglasses, infectious giggle, and love of potato chips have made her a household name. Rihanna, Anderson Cooper, and Chrissy Teigen love her, and so do we. Elsa Majimbo, welcome to Well Suited. Yay! So nice to meet you, Lola. I'm so nice I to meet you, love too. Nikki. She knows how much I love. She knows. <laughs> when she asked me, she, she's like, hi, my sister and I want to do a podcast. I was like, yes. 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 You know, we were so excited to book you. And when Nikki told me you agreed to do the show, I was thrilled because I told you, you are very big in the Oganike house. My mother loves you. I love you. Nikki loves you. And so, and then when Nikki told me that she just like reached out to you and you said, yes, I'm thinking to myself, so we could have been talking to her this whole time. (laughs) We could have just called her up and be like, Hey girl. (laughs) So Elsa, we like to start every episode of the podcast by asking, who were your style inspirations growing up? I loved, I loved Rihanna because everything she wore just looked good on her. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. Every single thing. And she always wore what she wanted. So I think Rihanna, it's a short list, I think. <laughs> I think for that. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing we all love about Rihanna. You feel like she's mm-hmm. not being, the clothes aren't wearing her. She's wearing the clothes and it, her mm-hmm. fashion, her style is effortless. So that's a good pick. Yeah. She's always been, she's always been like one of my favorites, a hundred percent. What we also like to ask is Elsa, who is currently the best dressed person in your life? <laughs> Me. No, I'm <laughs> I mean, you're not strong. <laughs> um, I'd probably say I think I think it's Naomi. Everything Naomi wears, I love, and she just she does it so well, and she mixes in everything and things she pulls off. Very few people can pull off it's absolutely it's absolutely insane so definitely a hundred percent no and again for the record the naomi you're speaking about is naomi campbell correct Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh super casual and super cash (laughs) and you gals have become friends in recent months is that correct (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) how did you guys get to know each other um she was she was literally liking and commenting on my videos and photos and she's like ha ah, you're so funny and she's spreading love hearts everywhere and I was like wait a damn second because you know I saw them panda and I was like what so I go I click on the profile three times and I'm like no I'm like no. I text her I'm like 
I love you. And I was like, I love you. I am not ashamed. I don't know if you'll get scared, but I am obsessed with you. And she was like, what, girl? I love you. I was like, yes. So it was very... It was a very me freaking out moment and her accommodating me. It was very, it was very nice. It was amazing. And she said, she was like, I'm coming to Kenya. So I would love to see you. Mm. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, sure. Cool. I'll make time. And when she came, <laughs> I went time. to. I'll oh, see if I can squeeze you in, Naomi. <laughs> Let me check my schedule. <laughs> so she went grocery shopping. And she was like, meet me here because she was coming to the city and then she was going to fly out uh, during the night. So when we were there, she was like, oh, um, and we're only, we're only three in the plane. Would you like to join us? Wait, 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 rewind. Are you saying that you flew on a private jet with Naomi Campbell? Um, yes, sir. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes. That, that was our first transportation mode together. That was our, can you imagine? And I was, when she told me that, when she asked me, I literally, I was like, what? I came home, I packed my bags, I called my dad. I was like, dad, it's leave, the plane is leaving in two hours. He went, he sat in the car. He was like, I'm waiting for you in the car. It's like, I will, I'm ready to drive off. I parked in five minutes and was in that airport. Wait, so what do you wear when you're about to fly on a private jet with Naomi Campbell? Uh, I wore wore my Firemoss tracksuit. I wore my Reebok shoes Mm -hmm. and a very cute backpack. And I was like, oh, this this is so casual. Jeez. (laughs) I just acted like it was normal to me. But like deep down, I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would have like killed over and died if Naomi Campbell was like, uh, do you want to hop on the PJ and like, let's go. I love that she pulled up on you. Like it was an Uber too. Like, yeah, we're about to roll. <laughs> beep, beep. Hey girl, meet me on the tarmac. <laughs> and I also love that your dad was like, let's go. <laughs> your dad was like, beep, beep. We're out. We're let's out. Roll. <laughs> It was great. Yeah. It was so great. It, it was amazing. I love that story. Okay. Also, we've got to keep talking about fashion because the other day you posted several photos of yourself rocking some gorgeous silk scarves and the caption read, quote, me in head wraps is just absolutely ridiculous. This should be illegal. I, first of all, thank you very much for that. Cause that was fantastic. I will be using that line all the time. But when did you fall in love with head wraps? Better yet, when did head wraps fall in love with you? Um, ooh, what is damn? <laughs> you know, we'd be uh, asking the questions, I, girl. <laughs> it's because I think it's because of Asa Rocky and the way he just used to do them so well. Mm-hmm. And I saw that so much, especially in my teenage years. And I was like, okay, if ASAP can do it and look so good. I was like, cool, I'm going to do it. Because sometimes um, they would be like, Asap Rocky's fashion is out of this world. And it's just a photo of his head with a headscarf and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So I started, I started doing it. And it just, and you know, around here, it's not normal for people to wear headscarves. So I feel it and I'm going to do it. And the more I did it, the better it looked. 
and now I look drop dead gorgeous. I, when I wear a headscarf, it's whoa, it's out of this world. It's what? Uh, <laughs> the whoa. Yes. You're stopping traffic, stopping private jets. <laughs> that's it we don't stop traffic anymore we stop private jets right so nikki i know you want to get into the signature sunglasses we do have to talk about the sunglasses i mean they like they're your signature they helped make you famous um do you still have the original pair do you still wear that original pair the original pair is what i i wear them i always have them the thing is i bought them for two dollars and now they're worth more i know people would pay thousands of dollars for them and i'm going to wait for the day till they're worth way way more what's the magic number for you something with seven figures oh yeah i like that looking looking, yeah i think we'll we'll reach that i hope so i I think so and then you'll just drop them on ebay <laughs> uh, wait, did you when when did you realize that they could be used as such a great comedic tool? Because the minute you whip those bad boys out, it it heightens the comedy of your skits. Yeah, uh, it's there's a time I I had gotten I think I'd gotten like around two hundred likes, and I made this video and I was like, "Fame is not a choice; it's a calling." Then I wore my sunglasses <laughs> and. After I did that, everyone loved it. Yeah. I was like, I don't know whether I should wear red or white, the Met Gala. And then I put my glasses on. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I didn't choose the life of fame. You know, fame chose me. And yes. I'm just you know, falling. And people were like, we love the glasses. So I just started putting them in everything. Where did you get the glasses from? Oh, the street. I was having such a bad day. I had just failed a class. And I was walking on the street and I was very broke, very, very broke. And the guy, I, I had, I literally had $2.50. And Whoa. the guy on the street was selling the glasses for $2. And I was like, you know what? Everything is going to shambles. I might as well spoil myself. Gave him the $2, took the glasses. And the rest is history. When you first started out last year, you only had about 7,000 followers on Instagram. Now you have more than 2.1 million followers. And now you're rocking Versace shades. Saw you on the gram. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to ask you, why do you think your videos have resonated with people? And why do you think they can't get enough of just everything that you're bringing to social media? I mean, it's like, obviously things have gotten significantly better for you and you're significantly more famous. And how have you adjusted to that as well? Because it came at you very quickly. Mm-hmm. When everything happened, it happened so quick. It happened so, so quick. And when I first, I was doing videos about my experiences and what I go through on a daily basis. And I was like, you know what, if I can change it, might as well make it funny. So mm. I just, I did it. And I thought I was funny. Turns out other people thought I was funny and it was just, it was this very amazing experience. And oh, girl, adjusting was so easy. Jeez. <laughs> this, it, literally getting to work with the brands, amazing brands that you love and you get paid. I was like, oh, I, I can't get used to this. And getting to have a friend and Rihanna 
posting and supporting me. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. so easy to adjust. <laughs> yes, I just, <laughs> I mention that everywhere I can. I just, we'll just be having a conversation like, oh, didn't you know Rihanna posted me? It's so dope. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> Wait, it's has been, she picked you up in the private chat yet? Or are you, are you guys working on that? Not we're really we're really working on it and I think it's about time. I I, I keep on throwing hints, but I, I don't know. But definitely soon. Okay, it's happening. Yeah, you Thanks. have to claim it. Definitely soon. Okay, you mentioned the brands that you have been working with and you mentioned Rihanna. Obviously you partnered with Fenty, you partnered with Mac, you're giving relationship advice on Bumble. How do you go about deciding which brands to align yourself with? I want to give a really good answer, but my manager just picks them. Because I, I don't know much about brands, if we're being honest. I, d- I don't know what's happened. I don't know <clears throat> what values they stand for. I don't know what they've done in the past, like the history. And I just, I don't have that knowledge, but my manager does. So I th- for me, it was just wise to let him um give me a brand and tell me I think we should work with this brand and I ask him I'm like okay how will it help me you know mm-hmm. apart from the bag you know it also has to add value to me and to my brand as well mm-hmm. and to my career because I don't want to do things and just get money and in the end it doesn't take me to where I want to go mm-hmm. that's such a great piece of career advice too that's a wonderful t- I'm like let me write that down really quickly so I can remind myself <laughs> remind, put that on a post-it note yeah. <laughs> do how you does have- this help me exactly <laughs> also do you have any dream brands that you want to work with that you haven't worked with yet Versace ah Versace Versace, 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 Versace. I did think you, did you did you say Versace? I feel mm-hmm. like I heard you say Versace, but <laughs> why Versace? What do you love about it so much? I think I just I really like. First of all, I adore the way Gianni's story and how Donatella took over, mm-hmm. and when she took over everyone just thought Versace would crumble because no one believed a woman could carry such an amazing brand and look at what she's done so I think just that and how strong Donatella is because you can even tell how involved she's with the brand you can tell how she makes people do their job and make sure everything is good everything is I love it. I love, love, love it. And she just, she embraces everything I stand for. And the clothes are, ah, amazing. So I think with that mixture of the style and Donatella, I just makes me love Versace. Okay, we're going to claim that for you in 2021. Versace, Versace, Versace. Um, I'm sure potato chip companies have been desperate to land you. We don't have to talk about the chips too much, but I'm just curious, why haven't you partnered with a snack brand yet? Um, I've gotten a few mm-hmm. um, to partner with, but I didn't see the value that added to me. Gotcha. And I think the longer I hold, the higher up the value goes. Mm-hmm. So it's like wine. With time, it just gets finer and finer and yes. more expensive. 
And when it's old enough, I'm gonna just get a good brand to work with and I'm gonna get my very heavy bag and walk with it. Very <laughs> heavy bag. That's right. Secure that chip bag. I love it. Okay. Heavy bag. Jumbo. Heavy bag. Jumbo. <laughs> Oh, or Jimbo. <laughs> Jimbo. <laughs> That's it. All right. So back to fashion laws. Yes. Um, yes. Um, Elsa, you have a very specific style on social media, but what do you like to wear off duty when you're not, you know, on the gram? And then how has your style sort of changed when you've gone from like 7,000 followers to 2.1 million followers? Um, I think my style is very um, laid back and chill and comfortable and I really don't care what people think about what I'm wearing. I just, I do it and I go for it. And it's just, it's just me. You know, I've always gotten those comments of, what are you wearing? What will people think? And I'm like, what will they think? I'm like, you know, that's, that's not on me. That's on them. Mm-hmm. So I just, I kind of do my own thing. And I don't adjust to people. I let people adjust to me. So I just... I go with it, go with it well. And ever since moving, I think definitely it's gotten, my fashion taste has definitely gotten more expensive. I, <laughs> I, I look and dress in brands. I, I was just like, before I would not even go on their website. And now I'm getting the clothes for free. Okay, so that actually is the perfect segue into my next question, because we love to talk about seminal style moments on the show. What was the one piece you desperately had to have when you were a kid? Oh, wedges, wedges, wedges. I, there was a period where wedges were like a really big trend. It was like between 2011 to 2014. Mm-hmm. and wedges especially do you guys remember the wedges which used to go in like this yes. yeah like the wedge shoes oh, yeah. uh, those shoes I would crumble over them I would just see <laughs> them and it's like these are the best shoes I've ever seen in my life <laughs> so wedges definitely <laughs> I love that wedges <laughs> wedges were the shoe for you I love that remember wedges Nikki I do. I loved a wedge. <laughs> I Always had you, to have a wedge. And you loved a wedge. <laughs> I do. I love a wedge, a flat form, like any sort of elevation. I'm so mad that you got those Celine platforms and I never got them. That's so unfair. Well. <laughs> you snooze, you lose, sister. <laughs> I want to talk to you about a quote that you gave during a recent interview. You said, I know 100% that I'm a bad bitch. So I never really care about how other people see me. I only care about how I see me. Where does your level of confidence and self-assuredness come from? It's so insane. I think I, I think just um, kind of growing up, I saw a lot of things I didn't want to be associated with. So I grew up with this mentality in my head that everything we know and everything we think we know was given to us. So why would I go about following what other people think is okay when I have a self in me that tells me what I'm doing is fine or what I'm doing makes me happy. So I just decided to make me happy mm-hmm. and be this beautiful bright light. And I definitely grew up with a lot of 
things happening. You know, there's everyone grows around discrimination and just seeing how people live. Um, like I would see most of the women in our community. It's so it's such a patriarchy society, and basically what the women would do is they would um, go to drop the kids at school come home and be a housewife or go to work, pick up the kids, come home and do the work. So it's like, what? I will not live like that. And the men would just go and have fun. And they would always, they would always be on the extreme and having fun. And if they do something like really, really small, everyone is like, what a great husband. What a great boyfriend. And I was like, what kind of, are people really happy with this? And I said, no. I said, I'll chart my own path. And what everyone else tells me to do or how to leave, it's, it's a no for me. It's an yeah. absolute no for me. You know, you've also been open about some of the challenges you faced growing up, a dark-skinned woman in Kenya and having to confront colorism. I mean, it's so hard to believe that some people have been foolish enough to underestimate you because of your gender or your complexion. Can you talk to us about that? Because as two dark-skinned Nigerian-American sisters in the public eye, we can definitely relate. Colorism, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. And you know, um, I spoke about it again and again. And there's a time I spoke about, I remember I spoke about colorism and I was attacked for it on the internet. I was attacked, yeah, by Kenyans. are like, you're painting a bad name for us in the world. I'm like, but it's true. So am I meant to keep quiet, to spare your feelings? You know, and people said, I'm playing the victim. I was like, I don't need to play the victim. I'm a badass. I'm not a victim. I'm so, I'm so strong. I move crazy doing things I love, doing the thing I love the most and doing it to my best. And I'm going wildly well and just shooting up my success rate. So I'm, I'm not a victim. I don't need to play the victim. Mm. And they were just, they were very nasty about it. And I discovered even when you speak about things that are happening, people don't want to hear it because the people love living in lies. Mm. They love to bathe in lies. And as I said, um, people don't go around saying they discriminate. It's in their actions. It's in the way they behave, the way they speak. And just because people don't hear the truth doesn't mean I won't speak it. No matter what happens, I'll still speak it. I'll speak against it. I'll stand against it. And I know the right side. And that's the side I'll stand on. I am like truly obsessed with you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I just really felt the need to say that because it's like you give comedy, but you also give life lessons. You give career advice. You Mm -hmm. give like sunglasses and chips and relaxation (laughs) and joy. Like it's, it's, you're such a wonderful package. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's so amazing to see. You know, Elsa, one of the recurring themes in your work is that you don't like to work, but that's couldn't be further from the truth. All you do is work. I mean, you don't actually lie in bed eating all day. I mean, just how hectic is your life now? I know you spent the morning at the Kenyan embassy trying to get your South African visa. So I know it's wild. But in terms of just how much you're working now and all the opportunities that are coming your way, bring us up to speed on everything you've got going on, because I know you're juggling a lot. (laughs) <laughs> I have so much going on and I just, I put my all into it because I feel like the position I'm in right now, it's literally a miracle. It's a miracle. 
all my life, all my life, I've never seen someone in the position of men. I've never seen a young African girl elevated so fast and so high in such a short time. And the thing is, I'm going way high up. So it's insane. So I can't afford to waste the moment I have. And I feel it's so important that I work hard as well, just so I can change that narrative. Because, you know, even my family was saying, you're like the first person to have such an opportunity or have this happen to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's wrong. But why? The world has existed for such a long time. Why can't young African girls be elevated like that on a daily basis? Because right. it happens all the time, you know, to another percentage of the world. So why should the world be so different towards us? So I'm working not only for me and not only because I want to be a billionaire but because it's so important that other young girls young black african girls especially just see that anything is possible and anyone who tells you it's not is just foolish um i think um nikki and i often talk about that just being too too young nigerian american young nigerian american <laughs> young Nigerian American gals in the media <laughs> space. It's it's important, you know. Representation matters, and you just mm-hmm. living your life and chasing after your dreams and going after your passions. It gives other people license to do the same. I mean, I know for me, uh, my parents were not in love with the idea of me going into media at first. And I read somewhere that your your father was not necessarily in love with the idea nope. of you doing comedy at first. But now that you're out here killing the game and being so successful, that gives license to other young African girls who happen to be born with a comedic timing that is clearly God-given. It gives them license to follow their dreams as well. So kudos mm-hmm. to you for doing that. We appreciate it on a deep, deep level. We, we as the kids say, love to see it. <laughs> we love to see it. That's it. As the youth say, we love to see it. <laughs> oh, okay, really quickly before we let you go, because we have to talk about you being a chess champion. I mean, a lot of people don't know that about you, but that's it's coming out that you're like Queen's Gambit level chess mm-hmm. champion. Talk to us about that really quickly, and then we promise we'll let you get back to your day. Everyone always thinks I'm joking. I always say I'm good at chess, and people, they think it's so funny. They're like, Elsa is just being funny. Ha Elsa is so funny. I'm like, no, guys, I'm actually really good at chess. <laughs> and when I started, it was very, I think when I started, it was very, um, it was, people were like, you, you think you want to start chess at that time, I think I was 14. You want to start chess at 14. People usually start at five. Four. So what makes you think you can get good at this game? So I, I was just like, you know, whatever, that's your opinion. And I went for it. And just, I think playing chess, it's very, it's puzzles and it's calculated and winning feels so good. Mm. It feels so good. It's just a game that makes me extremely happy and it pushes you intellectually. It just, it makes you think quicker, faster, keeps my brain running. I love when my brain is running. I love when my brain is trying to solve things. So for me, it's just pure joy and bliss. Plus people have to keep quiet 
And I'm not really a big fan of socializing. So that's like a big bonus, you know, <laughs> love it. <laughs> so Elsa, we love to end every podcast episode by asking, what is the one piece that's in your closet right now that means the most to you and why? Oh, I just, I just got this very vintage boots, this very vintage cowboy boots. And they are just the gorgeous I think cowboy boots go with everything and I've waited such a long time to have cowboy boots but they're so expensive and I was (laughs) never able to afford them (laughs) but now that I'm making money (laughs) I was able to get them and when I bought them my dad my dad looked at me and he asked me how much are those and I was like, oh, you can't tell him the real pl- price. So I just, I looked at him and I was like, there was $650. And he was like, that's crazy expensive, but I guess that's fine. And I just, I'm going to cherish them with my life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're size 11 and I'm a size 7, but they're the only ones I liked. So I'm, I'm going to struggle with them, but it's going to be worth it. Wait, how just many pairs just... of socks are you going to have to wear to make those work? <laughs> so many. Just put them on a shelf. They're like a trophy now. Wear them for a little bit and then they become a trophy. <laughs> well, Elsa Majimbo, you keep winning in 2021. We're so proud of you. Thank you for joining us on Well Suited today. You have made our day. You've made our week. You've made our month. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Thank you for having me, guys. Hosted by Nikki and Lolo Ganaki, this special episode of Well Suited has been brought to you by New York Fashion Week The Shows, Endeavor Content, and IMG Fashion Events.